Hello, and welcome to the Inovi Conversation. I'm Steve Waltz. And I'm Jeff Pergolsky. And Steve, I understand that uh, on this episode, we've got a guest, and it's it's not our, it's not an Inovia guest, correct? That's correct. We actually had somebody that finally reached back to us and said, yeah, we'll do a podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we're excited today. We have, uh, we have Richard Lee from Dynamic Web with us. Welcome, Richard. Thank you, Steve and Jeff. Pleasure to be here. And, and, and Jeff, what is, what is uh, Richard's title? Okay, so this is putting me on the spot, but I believe I'm going to say the easy part first. Richard is the marketing manager of Dynamic Web North America, and he's also a product evangelist. Um, you, so tell us what it. a product evangelist <laughs> I, I Tell us what a product evangelist is, Richard. Okay, so want... yeah, all right. So I. I have been and still am the sales engineer for the company, and I wanted uh, a you know a title upgrade. And senior sales engineer just didn't suit me. And being a fan of uh, Guy Kawasaki, I think he was the uh, product evangelist for Apple, uh, and so I always liked that title. And um, and I just am just promoting the product and solution, sometimes from a marketing side, sometimes from the sales side, but really more, you know, caring about how they're going to use our product and to the benefits of uh, their needs through e-commerce. So that's kind of um, me. And, you know, I see you guys out and the shows and et cetera. And, you know, if I'm not giving a demo, I'm just speaking upbeat and positively about our solution. Well, that's that's good to hear since you're selling it. <laughs> that's right, right, right. Exactly. For now, that's what I'm We're going to yeah. test. Steve, we are going to uh, put his evangelistic uh, skills to the test today during our podcast, aren't we? Oh, I, I speak so. a little bit about Dynamic Web. I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, Richard, one of the things that, you know, coming from the sales and marketing aspect, you know, because everybody likes to talk about the what. Like, right, you know, you're talking about your product, but, you know, like the why you're obviously an evangelist. That means you're 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 passionate about your product. So maybe you can maybe talk a little bit about why you decided to go to Dynamic Web and and uh, and, and what you do and what you do for. Them. Sure. So. Um, so, you know, Dynamic Web is the name of the company. It's also the name of the platform. And the platform being an e-commerce platform that's integrated into the Dynamics, Microsoft Dynamics world of uh, NAV, uh, Business Central, and um, and then the other uh, Dynamics product, DayX or uh, FNO now called as it is in the cloud. And prior to joining Dynamic Web, I worked in e-commerce either on the PHP custom development side or the WordPress, maybe WooCommerce, in, uh, but not integrated. I mean, if it was integrated, it was through like uh, transferring of files between QuickBooks, kind of like, a, you know, what smaller companies use in the U.S. if they're not using an ERP or smaller ERPs like Sage or something like that. So I had been well-versed in e-commerce, but not to the world of the mid mid-sized company that has an ERP that has master data f- flowing throughout the company and then wanted also a website. So 
It was uh, unique in that this was a platform that was coming from another country, from Denmark, and that's where we're born from. It started in 1999 by two guys who were roommates in college. That's Christian and Nikolai. And they still run the company out of Denmark. That's really where the software side of the company is located. They do professional services as well, whereas in North America, where the license owner of North America, still a sister uh, company of uh, Europe, of Denmark, but we are um, not making the software here as much as we are solely implementing the solution for U.S. and North American customers. So what was unique about the product that I, at the time when I joined maybe six years ago, uh, I was just, you know, let's say, Eight years ago, there was a solution. There's, you know, talk of something called gamification, and it's how you can use points for the back end or the front end of an experience for a customer to, you know, get them interested and moving along, as well as using points to kind of activate hidden things. And amongst the many other things I saw, gamification was built into the platform, but none of the people who made it knew it by that name. So I found it so fascinating that I was joining a company that had some technologies built into the platform uh, that I for sure found interesting. And now I was tasked with giving demonstrations of the solution based on customers' needs, pain points, uh, the what of their needs, and then delivering that demo that was speaking to what they told me were their pain points and what I discovered were their pain points by looking at their website and um, somewhere in the middle, we talked about that stuff. So that's been um, most of my role in the beginning parts of uh, working here at Dynamic Web. And when I fell in love with the platform, it was that. So it w- it's, you know, it's come a long way. When I joined, we were at version 8.8. And now we're at version approaching 9.8, so almost 10 minor releases uh, in six years of time. And I've seen drastic improvements in the interface, in the usability, in the ability even for me as the demo guy to be able to say, all right, I'm giving a, a demo for uh, an Anovia customer, and this is their logo, this is their products. I can take their logo, their products, and quickly within maybe even 20 minutes using Dynamic Web to make these changes to change the demo so that it better reflects what uh, the customer who I'm speaking to it kind of has similarities to their website. So it works out well because I have to dive deeply into their site, whether it looks great or not. Often it doesn't look so fantastic, but I get to deeply understand what they're selling, how they're selling it, what their categories are, their structure. And then that goes into my demo so that when I'm actually speaking to them, I'm speaking to them with more of a deeper understanding of their website because I was looking around. Sometimes I can actually go in and place an order. It's not a closed B2B environment, I can actually go online, place an order. And for small, you know, under $100, I'll be able to buy something. Maybe they have a t-shirt, maybe they have a a small product item. And sometimes I'll go in, place the order to see what the online experience is, to see if it's, you know, following the normal structure or if it has some weird 
behavior in the middle of the steps that lead out to the checkout. And then I end up with a product that I get to reimburse and sometimes I get to use it. If it's a t-shirt, that's easy to use. If it's some sort of carburetor for a, um, you know, a John Deere tractor, it's something that's going to sit on my shelf as a paperweight and a reminder of that demo. Wow. That's, you know, that's great. I, you know, we have obviously customers that are using e-commerce They're all, or if they reach out to it, they're a prospective customer. I usually go to their websites and I've actually have ordered like he's done, you know, product on there to see how that would, that would flow. And, you know, I, you know, one thing that I've always been curious about, like, so it's this, you know, this podcast is um, a week after Thanksgiving, you have black Friday and you know, they talk about the numbers of e-commerce. I mean, so how, how big is, how fast is this market growing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't have those stats off the top of my head. We could just, I could jump online right now, but certainly e-commerce is definitely the future if it's not the future for the last 20 years. Um, thanks to, you know, leaders like Amazon, we could, you know, we can watch as, you know, Amazon takes our market share or we could do something about it. And so it, in the world of e-commerce, every player in it is advancing forward. We saw that Magento was um, purchased by Adobe and Adobe already had, um, you know, more higher end or enterprise class products in their cache already. And now they have Magento, which can bridge um, the lower market, the mid market, and then a more enterprise market as well. And then we have uh, WordPress is constantly evolving and Shopify purchased a small um, 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 e-commerce platform. Um, and so all of these players are consolidating and moving and it is an industry in and of itself that, you know, people obviously the store or the pop-up shop or even the big box store have not gone away yet. Uh, there's still a Macy's in New York, but it's more and more people are maybe in the store looking at the products, but on their phone in the store, hopefully at that store's website or doing what's called showrooming where I'm not guilty of this, but almost proud of doing it where I'm at a Best Buy and waiting for someone to help me with something. But in reality, do I really need that person's help? I can go online. I can go to their competitor like Amazon. I can even scan the barcode off that uh, washing machine, look at it on Amazon, read all the reviews. And even though I'm there at Best Buy, if that salesperson comes over, I'll buy it there, have them ship it right then and there. But if nobody comes over, I'm not stuck. I can just finish the order transaction on my phone at their store. So that's, you know, it's growing. It's, you know, it's, um, it's never ending. The technology is, you know, where five years ago I was talking about VR and the promises of that. And now more and more augmented reality, virtual reality are becoming part and parcel to the e-commerce experience. For some brands, not necessarily the B2B brands, but the B2C brands who are more leaning or embracing newer technologies, they're going to lean to it. Maybe in five more years, we'll see 
your average B2B portal using some type of advanced technology like VR or AR to make the experience and shopping experience a whole lot better. So it's absolutely growing. It's That's what's exciting about it. It's not a, uh, a dying industry by any chance. It's only growing and more and more people or companies that have maybe stayed away from it, maybe for various reasons said, oh, our customers don't buy online. But then you just look across the table and someone's buying online, whether it's from their desk or their phones, whether it's Amazon or some other website, they're they're buying online. There's, there's no uh, way of disputing that anymore. But the newer generations of people joining a company, those people are the ones also pushing those companies like, hey, I only buy stuff online now. And now you're asking me to place orders for the company using a phone, fax, or email. It's like, and if we expect our customers to do that, they're, they're younger uh, f- uh, sales force or uh, ordering force or the people working in that company are not going to p- go to the fax room and place an order by fax for even for sandwiches for that day. They want to do it online. They want to do it off of an app. They want to do it off of a mobile-friendly website. And that is also driving the push for things. So it's not just Amazon. It's the new people coming into the marketplace who expect to buy it online. So with those factors pushing e-commerce, it's you know it's a little daunting that we have Amazon pushing us. They have million, billions of dollars to do whatever they want. But at the same time, they're not that advanced of a website. Uh, they're just, you know, because they are supply chain, the whole, um, the whole sphere of things, you know, their website is still kind of on the conservative side and it's something also to learn from. So long answer for the fact that e-commerce is unstoppable at this stage. I think it's, well, it's a great answer. I love your best buy analogy because, you know, Mike Tyson had a great line, right? Everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of fear in in the marketplace. But enough about your marriage. (laughs) (laughs) That was for Linda. Sorry. Oh, all right. I'll be good on that one. So uh, as we're planning our 30th anniversary trip. So uh, uh, but anyway, uh, it's I think what happens is, 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 you know, you kind of talk about the demographics, right? The people under 30, even a supply chain, they want to buy their products differently than people over 50. Right. They want to do the phone call or the fax or the, you know, the way they've been doing it. And so I think you're in a good spot for that, because if, you know, if if, if you have this mindset like, oh, we're just going to kind of keep doing business, we've been doing it. And, you know, it's, it, in, if you have that survival mentality, you're not going to survive in this. It's it's changing so fast. So I think a solution like what you have and, you know, and, and, and seeing your product and working it. And obviously Hillary has come to our office here and done some great demos and put up with us as a sales team, you know, kind of really not drilling her, but really, you know, as we try to weed out for our customers on, you know, is this the right fit, you know, really painting that picture of kind of like, you know, this is where it's kind of going. And I, I kind of wanted our customers to hear it. I think you nailed it on, you know, this stuff is not going away. It's growing fast. And if you're not on this technology train, you're going to get ran over by it. So, uh, but what I'll do, Jeff, I'll let you go ahead and ask some questions because I was told last time I, I kind of took over the podcast. So I'm going to take a step back here. <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? No, my, I my wife did. say that. <laughs> oh, well, 
<laughs> Thank you, Linda. Um, so, so the uh, actually one thing I guess I wanted to bring up in terms of your question had me um, curious as well. So I, I looked on uh, SalesCycle.com, their numbers for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Actually, Cyber Monday, nine point two billion dollars was spent U.S. Um, uh, in the twenty-four hour period, which equates to like eleven million dollars a minute. And they estimate that three billion of that was uh, was spent on phones. So, um, you know, people shopping from their phone, as Richard said, and, and to the importance of uh, of kind of the uh, um, how big uh, e-commerce is and why it's important to to all of uh, you know, in the, especially I guess the the B 2 Cs, but certainly B 2 Bs. Um, it, it is becoming integral to have that, that as part of your offering for your customers if you plan on on growing and satisfying them. So, so on to questions. I, I guess um, did we talk about sort of what your um, what your typical customer is um, and and sort of like a, a typical project. Uh, how we uh, how customers work with uh, through their through their nav partner as well as uh, as your company maybe if you could speak to that to start with sure happy to so the um, the average customer today is some type of uh, manufacturer so um, of uh, products uh, manufacturing so they um, they uh, they're selling, let's say, B2B. So that means they're selling um, their products to other businesses that will ultimately sell it to other businesses or to consumers. So in B2B e-commerce, the difference mostly between uh, B2C, like B2C, it's really a one-to-one relationship. The website sells to a consumer. It's that consumer is the decision maker and the buyer. The B2Bs, the decision maker and the buyer could be two different people, could be 10 different people and more. And so those customers, so it's B2B manufacturing is typically the, um, what we're seeing on average is the most common uh, solution for us. And so in that realm, so the platform supports B2B, B2C. Um, it also supports, because we come out of Denmark, it's a multi-language, multi-currency, multi-taxes solution out of the box. So the people or companies in the U.S. that might be selling to Canada or selling to Mexico, so we're talking beyond English, we're speaking French and Spanish, the platform can support that. In fact, they can even recognize where they're coming in from. So then from the, so from, let's say they're using NAV. And so when it comes to their partner, we have to work with the partner because we need access to NAV. We need access to certain fields and tables that are part and parcel to the e-commerce experience. So we need, when a, let's say a B2B customer logs in, we're looking up inside of NAV who uh, this company is based on their login. What are, what are their trade agreements? Are there any specific pricing? Is there um, a, an assortment? Meaning like if this company online is selling 20,000 products, but this customer that uh, Jeff belongs to, this customer only buys a thousand of those products. So when he logs in, instead of seeing everything under the sun that he doesn't buy, he'll only see the thousand products that he does buy. And then he might even see them in a, let's say, a favorites list or some sort of order guide that's online. 
So in a way, it kind of mimics the way things might have done in the old-fashioned way where you filled out a um, uh, piece of paper that was already printed with grid lines and quantities and skew and maybe a description and then a total number on the end. That's done online. Obviously, visually, it's, it bears a resemblance to that. And then you're adding in quantities and the specific pricing, either based on quantity or based on you as a customer, are adjusted on screen. And then the checkout is usually in a B2B, no credit card. It's just on terms that are inside of NAV. And then the checkout is done. And then the process of picking and packing and shipping those products begins or the process of manufacturing those products in the meta order scenario is occurring. And then when it's time to check out, or excuse me, when it's time to ship, that that change happens inside of NAV where let's say someone in the warehouse ships and then they update uh, NAV and NAV is communicating with our product, let's say, not just in the real-time aspect of when you're logged in, but in the batch uh, delta mode where every five minutes we're looking for changes that relate to the e-commerce experience. So if a change like this order has been picked, packed, and shipped, and here's the UPS tracking number, then that information triggers an email out of Dynamic Web to go to the customer to say, hey, your order's been picked, packed, and shipped. Here's your track and trace code and have a nice day or start checking out these accessories for the products you bought uh, recently. So that, you know, I, I hope that paints in your mind, uh, Jeff, how we, you know, are working with uh, these types of customers typically. Um, it's not often that we see service businesses uh, using our platform, but that is how it is in the U.S. at least. But in Denmark and the rest of Europe, where Dynamic Web also reigns, um, that that in that environment where – you know, in, in Europe, for example, NAV is more commonly used if you're a mom and pop than, let's say, QuickBooks. QuickBooks almost doesn't exist in Europe. So that's why the market there is a little different than here in the U.S. The U.S. obviously is a much larger market. It also um, has much larger companies in that world, whereas the mom and pops might be sub five million dollars, but they are also capable of using dynamic web um, out of Denmark or other parts of Europe like Norway and uh, um, the Netherlands. Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear. I find that, um, you know, it seems uh, the um, United States oftentimes trails Europe in terms of its understanding of technology from a legal perspective, rights of privacy, that sort of thing. So that would make sense that maybe even the, the mom and pop businesses over there have a more robust um, business software than uh, than some of the mom and pops over here do. But um, I guess one other question I had from a um, technical perspective is, does your solution, um, is it, it, certainly it is integrated um, with NAV or Business Central, but it does it have a lot of code that lays into um, and uh, that that gets pushed into the, the NAV environment, or does it sit on the outside and just reach through web services or something else? Yeah, we sit outside through web services, so we're not adding any more code to something that's probably already customized already, and last thing you want is additional third-party code inside 
the ERP. So that also means that when you're in the ERP and you're not going to see a button that says dynamic web and then see it that way. So we're not inside the software and we're hanging outside and communicating through web services, but still capable of communicating in real time as well as um, more often done in a batch mode. So we're not looking it up every second, but we're looking it up every five minutes for only changes. So, um, yeah, so um, hope that explains it. Yeah, great. And I think, you know, that was a question coming from from my uh, pre-sales technical um, side from the account manager side. You know, I wonder like, OK, so if you're going through an upgrade of your ERP, having having a, your, you know, um, dynamic web platform sitting outside, I would su assume means that uh, you just want connections to the new environment. And that's the only changes that need to be made. So that that sounds sounds good to me. Um, I think um, from a I guess maybe the last question I have is um, you've kind of told us about your typical customer. Are there any recent projects that really stand out as interesting, particularly um, from a from the perspective of um, either, you know, some problem that you were solving or just the, the customer itself and what you were working with from a product perspective? Anything that you want to share with us, IT nerds who want to hear about that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, to drop a big name brand, uh, one is um, called Winnebago. We all know Winnebago RVs. And so Winnebago um, uh, came to us or is using our solution. So it's a, a few things. It's quite a big project. So the first um, aspect of it was a dealer portal. So I don't know if you know this about uh, Winnebago. So it's an, uh, an older brand. It's um, 20 plus years old. Um, it has, you know, the RVs and I, you know, in living in California and our office being in LA, you commonly see RVs maybe camped out in front of national parks over um, along the ocean side and what a view to wake up to. And along that list, you'll see, Brand new Winnebago's that are, you know, class uh, A motorhomes and they're, you know, the kind of stuff that, you know, small bands will travel with across the country with a private driver, a thousand bucks a day to, or a week to do it. And it's a $150,000 vehicle. But then you'll have a vehicle from 1981 that's like the Winnebago Chief and uh, your door latch is broken. Now, if you're my dad, you'll just duct tape it and call it a day. But if you're totally into the look and feel of your 1983 uh, Winnebago and you want to maintain that look, you want to use a dealer to get that part. And that part is inside of a parts catalog that's maintained through an integration to um, Winnebago systems as well as Dynamic Web. And that's even tied into a third system uh, by a company called Anata that creates the warranty um, database related to those types of transactions. So the dealer could look up in this portal, uh, where is this part or, you know, or this part is needed to latch on the door for a 1983 Winnebago, and then basically order it and then receive it. And then now easily more providing their value add to this customer who needed that door latch. And it's not just this one dealer, it's dealers all over the country 
that uh, need access to this. And now even more recently, we're beginning to do the projects that are more public facing. So that one is really just for dealers only. But then the public facing one where it's, um, you know, so there's Winnebago and then the gov- the parent company is Winnebago Industries. They govern everything related to Winnebago, which is other brands um, within the Winnebago family. And then there's Winnebago has like a whole community of people who set up camps and set up, um, you know, picnics and things like that for the, you know, you don't just buy a Winnebago for you and your family, you're buying it and becoming part of the entire Winnebago family and brand as well. So there are uh, numerous um, organized, uh, you know, officially organized um community by the company. So we're now beginning to do the work that's related to the front end. And what's nice is that Dynamic Web is the plumbing behind it, if you want to simplify it that way. And then Winnebago hires a agency to do the design and, and all that. So we benefit both ways, right? We get credit because, you know, we're the engine in your Ferrari, but technically the Ferrari design is done by a different design agency. Though that's the case with Winnebago, we're proud to be part of that project for sure because our engine is being utilized that way. Um, So Winnebago is nice. It's, um, you know, it's a a friendly uh, type of um, product. But then we have other uh, companies that we're also proud of having uh, them on board with us. And one is a company called Magpul. And for anyone who is like a hunter or into firearms, um, it's a company that produces extended magazines. And extended magazines, you know, to be honest, it's been kind of, you know, it can be, it's political. And but it's still a product, and it's still a product that's manufactured, and uh, it's still manufactured by people, human beings who also have an opinion about things. And they were really cool people when you know, certainly when we onboarded them many years ago, even today. Just speaking to them, even when you have ideas and concepts, like just to understand, like you know, you can be a hunter or grow up in a, a state where um, you know it's not as restrictive as California is around extended magazines. So you can have an AK-47, but if you have an extended magazine that holds, let's say, greater than six rounds, you could be arrested and sent to federal prison uh, in California. But it's different, obviously, in other states. Um, and But as a company, they have uh, the money. They are a leader in their industry. They wanted to push the envelope and they pushed it not just with in terms of the look, the aesthetics, the front end. You know, people look at a Ferrari and they immediately see what it looks like on the outside. They often don't know or care about the actual engine. And us nerds and geeks and the techies really are into that part. And certainly as a marketing nerd, I like the marketing engine of Dynamic Web, particularly around something that we call a smart search, which is a tool for filtering out customers based on a variety of behavior. There's the transactional, what do they buy and when, how much. Um, but then do they show up on our website because of an email campaign that they received from Dynamic Web? or Dynamic Web's marketing engine. And then did they exhibited 
some behavior like, did they buy this product, but not buy this product? And in the case of uh, Magpul, they have, you know, so the funny thing that I learned about people who, you know, are into firearms, they, you know, they might seem all tough and all that, but they're like anybody else who's into fashion. They want to have matching things, you know, kind of like my wife. She wants to have a whole matching, the accessories that go with her outfit, that go with jewelry and everything else. And it's the same in that world where you buy rails and extended magazines and scopes, and they're all the same color. You're not doing it all in different colors, even though they do sell almost the entire rainbow of colors. And then, but often these fans, they only know one aspect of the company, as often with many companies. Oh, I didn't know you sold that. I didn't know you carried that too. And so they send an email that says, all right, you bought this extended magazine for this rifle, this handgun, this whatever, but you did not buy the matching iPhone or Android case. And most of the people who get that email, including friends of mine, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you sell iPhone cases as well that have the same texture, uh, manufactured DNA, and look and feel as these extended magazines. Now I can really be wholly matching. So, you know, I'm in the forest and nothing but my vest is orange. I don't have like an orange case and, you know, a hodgepodge of different colors on my uh, rifle. It's all a, um, you know contiguous look and feel of things. And that's what they're doing as well. So they're, you know, they're popular. 99.9% of their uh, audience is all male. It's all testosterone driven. Their YouTube, their social media is like top uh, of the league where, you know, they upload a new YouTube video. It has all of these like little rich elements that are buried and hidden in the storyline. Uh, and then suddenly there's 150,000 people on the website. And so on the technical side of that, having a server farm and um, being able to offload and everything is uh, that. Okay. But Richard, I, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's, what I, what I got out of that is, so I, I've, I've done some presentations for the user groups um, for customers. You know, the whole mindset is you have all this data how can you use this data to sell more product? And you just gave a great example. You know, you're not, you know, because an e-store can be, here you go, buy it, check out, you're done. But now you're saying that you have the tools within your product to identify maybe people that have bought this might buy that. And now you're also looking at, you know, you know, they didn't realize that the, you know, you, know, you talked to the analogy about color and, and outfits and, you know, and I think of, uh, uh, I know my brother's uh, is a so I live in Indiana. When you talk about RVs, Elkhart, Indiana is my backyard. RV capital of the world. Oh right, yeah. they have they have the RV museum there, and and, and he works at a gun shop. And, uh, oh, right, right. You know, and it's funny, but uh, and he drives a Harley, and they are very loyal to their product. Absolutely, and and it's almost like you know, that uh, dopamine hit, like, oh, you know, he's got another Harley hat or, oh, you got this. But if he didn't know it was out there, he wouldn't have bought it, right? And so you're kind of giving that data to your, sounds like to the customers on how to sell more product. You're absolutely right. Yeah, the, you know, we talk, we hear all the time, big data. We hear, I mean, that's why we go into the cloud. We want to host it all there, et cetera, for reliability, broadcasting it, everything. 
But at the end of the day, like, all right, we've collected all this data. How do we utilize it? How do we utilize it effectively? And that's where dynamic web, particularly in that marketing part where, you know, the integration, I often say it rises the tide, not just for the e-commerce experience. Oh, I log in. I know that, um, you know, um, that, you know, let's say, uh, let me repeat that. So the, the marketing aspect of things, instead of that marketing person who's using this feature, having to rely on the ERP analyst and that person to dig out that information for them, they're kind of self-sufficient. They can actually access that information by themselves. And it's not just information on the transactional side that's kept in the ERP that they can we expose to the marketing person in Dynamic Web to look at, but then we're tying in other behavior that the ERP doesn't know or doesn't necessarily care about. Like, do they show up on the site um, from a certain IP address that's either in Asia, North America, somewhere else in the world? Did they um, spend more than 20 minutes on the site? Did they look at it from their phone versus a Safari browser versus um, Chrome? That type of information is what you see in Google Analytics. But the problem with Google Analytics is it only shows, you know, anonymous users. Like, you know, of the 100% of people that showed up on the Inovia website, 30% went here, 20% went this way. But I don't really know who the 20, 30% are. And so with Dynamic Web, and particularly with B2B uh, environments or B2C, like in the case of Magpul, we can see because they're logged in, you know, we don't log out out of anything anymore, um, but you're logged in, you go back to the website, you're automatically logged in. So in that respect, things like abandoned carts, there's no anonymous abandoned carts because we know who that if, uh, who left that cart abandoned. B to B or B to C, but then knowing other information like what were they doing on the site, either leading up to adding this to the cart, or are they favoriting uh, items? They're buying the cheap items, but they're favoriting the most expensive items. Why? Why is that? So someone in sales or marketing may have a concept, might have a, a thinking or a belief of why they're doing that. So now you're capable of saying, hey, Richard, because you looked at, you went to Alaska Airlines and you were looking at flights to New York, I'm sending you this marketing email of flights to New York of when they're the cheapest, let's say, versus flights to Florida or Indiana or other parts of the world that I didn't look at. So it only makes sense that like, if you're exhibiting this behavior, then send a marketing piece that's related to that behavior. And that's where I think that the... Um, big data. And yes, there's, you know, privacy parts of things, but look, if I'm on your website and I'm buying something and now you start marketing me information based on my purchases, I'm actually going to be happy because it's relevant to what I need and relevant to what I did in the past. So that is, I really feel like kind of one of our unique uh, features because often we meet the customer who's like, oh, we try to hook this up with WordPress and our integration failed and we want just something a little more turnkey. But beyond the the forest or beyond the trees to the forest, how do you make more money with your website? How do you grow from 300 customers buying online to 1,000 customers buying online and year after year growing 10, 20%? And that's where marketing comes in. And often with the B2Bs, that's 
maybe an afterthought or it's not often, you know, a primary thing there. It's driven by it. So they're more interested in, does this integrate? Does this, is this compatible with our systems? Are we going to have to do more work? But on the buy-in call where you have head of marketing and head of sales there, those people are often particularly interested in the marketing feature where they may not implement it as part of phase one, but in phase two and beyond, the marketing feature is something that increases traffic on the website for a variety of things. Because even in the virtual space of e-commerce, there's money that's being left on the table. And being able to identify where and why is key and important. And then through marketing, you're delivering messages to those different folks to say, oh, yeah, you're right. I should uh, uh, check out of my uh, shopping cart or you're right. I did leave it abandoned or I, yeah, I did buy that product. And I'm glad that you're sending me the uh, warranty or the extended warranty months before it expires. And I'm getting a 20% discount if I sign up now. So there's your opportunity. So many incentives, promo codes and all that based off of transactions. It goes a long way. You know, Richard, we call it, so, you know, one thing that a lot of businesses get too focused on, I call it the first money. They want to get the sale, right? They sold the product, but they forget about the second money. And the first money is the hardest, right? Get them to buy from you the first time. And so now that they're a customer and have bought from you, it sounds like they can use your solution more to get that, you know, the, the second money and use that data to identify it. So I I know we've, we've had a great conversation going here. Um, what I'd like to do is ask you maybe one more question. We can kind of wrap up. So I know you're, you're doing NAV and BC. Are you, do you guys have an app on AppSource or what, where, are you, where are you at in the, in the BC SaaS model? Yeah, we have uh, an app on the AppSource uh, website. Um, and so we are not yet, we don't yet have a customer in BC in the US or in North America, but Denmark is developing or is implementing a, a handful or less than a handful of BC projects as we speak. So once that becomes, once those go online, they become part of our um, our repertoire of customers, especially in the BC uh, environment, so that we can more promote that. So it's in progress. It's just I don't have anything to share by names yet, unfortunately. Oh, that's fine. Well, the good news is you have it on App Source and you're ready to roll. So I mean, it's. You know, it's one of those things where, you, you know, you have to pass a test with Microsoft to even get put on there. So that's that's great to hear. Richard, this has all been great stuff. Jeff, any other questions for Richard before we let him go? No, I think um, just if we've got the uh, – uh, uh, where can we find out more for our customers that are listening that want to uh, – uh, that want to learn more about dynamic web. I know certainly from the Inovia.com website, they can get plugged into stuff, but uh, what about resources on your own site? Sure. We have um, our official site is dynamicweb.com. And then we also have another site that I'd like to share. It's the our document site, which would be doc.dynamicweb.com. And on that side is basically the manual for using the product, um, as well as seeing, you know, questions in the form of what people um, 
all over the world have been asking. And then you'll see actually our global CTO answering and different people on our team answering. So it's a whole community of things. But more importantly, I think you'll see from looking at the instructions that it's pretty well-documented product. And I hope that helps you see that, you know, that goes hand in hand with implementing it and having really great instructions. Um, and more and more we're beginning to um, bring in more video as like walkthroughs and step throughs. I do make two minute topic videos, but they're not uh, instructional videos per se, but more and more we're at contributing to it. And, um, and you'll get to see things. In fact, even at dynamicweb.com, you can, get your own access to a, uh, a sandbox environment that you can play with as well. And I recommend you guys doing that. Well, great. And awesome. actually, well, thank you. The, so if you go to our the, uh, website, I know you can also um, learn more at Inovia.com slash dynamic web. Um, that's all I've got, Steve. Um, anything else to wrap us up? Like you said, Jeff, if you go to our website and it'll list Business Central and NAV and it'll have uh, uh, the ISV section, there's a link directly to their website from our page. And now, Richard, you came last year to our customer conference. Are you coming uh, for the upcoming one? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. We're definitely uh, coming. Um, we're I think we're going to be taking an extra add-on to a game that you guys play with the cards. Love that from oh, last nice. time. Yeah. So I, I love your confer customer conferences. Um and we're looking forward to the next one. If we could book for the next five years, we would. Nice. Well, we, we appreciate it. So for those of you that are, are coming to South Bend uh, here in the, in the uh, spring, Richard and uh, uh, his company will be here. Uh, you have a chance to meet uh, with him. And uh, you can obviously uh, listen to the podcast directly from our website or from your solution. Like, like I have an iPhone and I know Jeff does not. He uses a different podcast uh, uh, add-on. So Podbean? Jeff, is that what you have? Or? No, um, I use Stitcher. Stitcher. Okay. So, but you can you can also uh, uh, find us on LinkedIn. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. And actually, you know, Jeff, I was thinking I have a, a Twitter account. I don't post a lot on it, but it's at uh, at Walt Steven. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I do share some uh, uh, of these type of podcasts that we put on there too. So I think that's about it. Richard, thank you very much. We know uh, it's a little bit earlier there in California than the uh, east side of the of the country what we're calling uh, we're, we're from, and uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you so much, guys. My pleasure. <laughs>